It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. I t- Six of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Thursday, and I swear I can see the weekend from here. Yesterday's program was really interesting, and from my point of view, really exhausting. But that's a good exhausting, because we had one rare thing. One topic that dominated the whole program, and we might have an opportunity to continue a little bit of that topic today, which was the idea of getting rid of property taxes in lieu of a sales tax in the state of Wyoming. And there's some more about that. Uh, Cowboy State Daily has a really good article on it. I have one up on the Wake Up Wyoming site. But hang on, I got something new for you this morning. Today's show is sponsored by Dissolving Underwear. Because who wants to wear wet undies anyway? I think that was yesterday's. Let me try a new one. Today's show is sponsored by Do-It-Yourself Pet Taxidermy Kit. That's better. You'll never have to say goodbye to Mr. Sprinkles again. Okay, good. And, and you get to choose the expression on your face. All right, trigger warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Okay, so the new topic that I have for you today has to do with something I've been complaining about for quite a while. University of Wyoming gets a lot of money from the state of Wyoming. Now, my argument, I know a lot of people talk about the constitutional thing in Wyoming that we need to provide an education and so on and so on. My argument is a university should be run more like a business and should need subsidies. And it gets quite a bit. Um, somewhere in the article here, I'll get down to a little bit later. It's something like $400 million a year or something like that that the university gets from the state. They shouldn't need that money. Again, they should be run like a business and they should be making money off of not just sporting events like football, but tuition, things like this. All right. So as part of this... The university has several courses. If you would like to take courses in gender studies, um, see, gender studies co-curricular program, gender studies extracurricular programs, whatever all of that is. And yet there's another one. There's an Office of Diversity and Inclusion. Now, as far as the gender studies courses, if somebody wants to take courses like that, they can go spend their own money to take courses like that. That should not be funded by the state of Wyoming. Then again, I don't think any course at the University of Wyoming should be funded by the state. Let the students pay for it. And if not enough students are paying for the course, then maybe the course should go away. Now, as far as the Office of Diversity and Inclusion, again, that's just not something the state of Wyoming should be paying for. The University of Wyoming should not have such an office. Now, the argument's often made, but people who feel marginalized, where should they go? 
universities have survived for a very long time without any such offices existing. And all of a sudden we need them? No, we don't. In fact, these days, a lot of those offices at universities of diversity and inclusion, even in businesses across America, they don't, these offices tend to cause division. In fact, I'll get to it in a little bit, but one senator who wants to get rid of the Office of Diversity and Inclusion is a Harvard University alumni. And he said back in his day, Harvard University didn't have any such office. And they were just fine. Once they got an Office of Diversity and Inclusion, it started causing problems. Because that's where the problems emanated from. So I would love to get rid of those classes, or at least the funding, the public funding for those classes. If somebody wants it, again, let them pay out of their own pocket. And as for the Office of Diversity and Inclusion, just shut it down. Well, out of the Senate was passed a bill to do exactly just that. To get rid of funding, government funding, state of Wyoming funding for those courses, and state of Wyoming funding for the Office of Diversity and Inclusion, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. It went then to the House of Representatives. Now, I was all excited. I looked at that and thought, well, hell yeah. That's exactly what I've been, I've been complaining about that for quite a while. Close down those classes and that office. It went to the House of Representatives and failed. There's some people in the House want to continue funding this. And one of the arguments for it, this came from Tara Nethercott, a Republican of Cheyenne. When you don't like an idea or a concept and you, the government, the all-powerful centralized government, choose to stop speech, to stop sharing those ideas, even those you disagree with so profoundly that they are contrary to your morals and your values, that is against freedom. We're not talking about that, though. See, her argument it doesn't make any sense here. That's not what we're talking about. Um, I like what Senator Bo Biteman said. He said, the world needs more cowboys, not more social justice warriors. Now, he's speaking, again, about the classes. If students want to take classes like that, they can. Let them pay for it out of their own pocket. No government funding. An Office of Diversity and Inclusion. Let me uh, scroll down here to... Yes, okay, this is uh, Senator Charles Scott. He's a Republican... His alma mater, Harvard University, which he said has gone in the negative direction because of programs like this and because of the Office of Diversity and Inclusion. He said, quote, this kind of program was the principal agent of introducing that rot, introducing a faculty that is without diversity of opinion, that is a monolith of wokeness, he said. We're seeing this rot affect the University of Wyoming. Okay, so the bill to get the end Wyoming funding, things like this, again, passed the Senate, died in the House. That doesn't mean that it's totally dead. Not yet, anyway. How this works is it, we do have... Uh, at a, t a time which will be reached when the House and Senate need to bring their bills together to try to see if they can come to some kind of an agreement. And if the House and the Senate can agree on various bills, then it moves on to the governor's office. So 
that doesn't mean this is dead, but if the House, if one uh, House passes it and the other doesn't, the Senate passed it, the House didn't in this case, the odds of this surviving are really weakened, I mean, considerably. But that doesn't mean it can't be done. Then we got to wonder if it did get through, would the governor sign it or not to defund these programs at the University of Wyoming? Now, personally, again, I would not really fund much of, if any, of the University of Wyoming. UW gets a lot of money from the state, and I don't think they should need it. If it was run more like a business, there's colleges out there across the country that run without government money. And they make a profit doing it. They don't have to operate at a loss. So that's why I'm in favor of, and again, every time I bring this up, someone says, well, the Constitution of Wyoming says, well, let's fix that. We really should fix that. And this in part is what happens when you just give money to an entity like University of Wyoming, and they can do whatever they want to do with it without any oversight? This is taxpayer money here. How about no? So if somebody wants to go to UW and get a degree in diversity and all this other kind of stuff, let them go ahead and do it. I don't see what good it does them. I don't know where they take that. But okay, if that's what they want to do, they can spend their own money on it, not to taxpayers' money. Jay is in Casper. I presume you saw the story about DEI led at Harvard plagiarizing her entire thesis. Yes. Oh, yes. We covered that. Uh, uh, yeah. Qu- yeah. We really covered that when that happened. And it wasn't just that one, the, the, uh, the president of the college. There were quite a few other professors here as well. Harvard University used to be one of the greatest universities on the planet. Not anymore. I mean, honestly, if, if, if I had a kid that wanted to go to Harvard, I would say, no, let's pick someplace else, please. Rant alert to everyone telling me to go drink bleach. I'm not thirsty. Kevin. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Point three is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. So if you're just joining me, okay, so the Senate down in Cheyenne tried to pass a couple of bills to defund, first off, classes that have to do with diversity and inclusion and so on, but also the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Office, which is supposed to take care of um, marginalized individuals and help them out and so on. But usually that causes divisiveness throughout any college that I've ever seen, and even business that I've ever seen, have such an office. Now, there's a couple of things here. Cowboy State Daily did a really good article here. The House finishes $10.8 million budget. Okay. I'm looking for somewhere in the Cowboy State. There it is. In total proposed budget allocated $402 million to the University of Wyoming. I don't understand why the University of Wyoming needs $402 million from the state of Wyoming. Can't the University of Wyoming run itself between... I mean, they, they do a lot to raise money. They get all sorts of grants from the federal government to do research projects. They have students. Sports brings in a lot of money. 
why does UW need $402 million above that? They should be able to sustain themselves. I mean, sustainability is a big word that's thrown around, usually way out of context. But sometimes sustainability really does make a whole lot of sense. If we're running a business, that business needs to be able to sustain itself. That's what sustainability is. So the University of Wyoming cannot sustain itself to the tune of $402 million. Is that a year or a biennium? That's probably a biennium. I would say because these bills, well, these budget sessions for every two years, 100.7 million of that is for, was to be pulled, my understanding of this, for these classes and the Office of Diversity and Inclusion and Equity and so on. So, all right. That also brings back to me, what exactly is the purpose of going to college in the first place? Now, here's how I, because we've lost sight of this over the years. A lot of kids going and getting all sorts of degrees, spending tons of money on degrees and a lot of time in college. And these degrees are not really in anything that they can use. So what was the purpose of college? To me, here's what college is. So you're in a high school, and at some point, somebody's got to nudge you and say, uh, <clears throat> you, you need to start thinking about what you're going to do to make a living. Or in other words, speaking of sustainability, to sustain yourself. You need to be a sustainable human being. In other words, you need to be self-sufficient. So what are you going to do to make a living? There's got to be something out there that's interesting to you that you would like to do. Okay, so let's say you decide, well, here's what I would like to do. Okay, that sounds like a good profession. Now, in order to get a leg up on that profession, there are college courses that are offered. So you can go to college for a few years and take some courses that will give you an understanding of that profession. And so you spend a few more years in school, you study various things, and those courses will lead you to a degree that will help you get a job in your chosen profession. That's what college is supposed to be. But college has become so many other different things, indoctrination from liberal professors. Kids graduating with degrees that don't do them any good at all. They have to take all sorts of extra courses that have nothing to do with whatever their chosen profession is. Now, I know some people have disagreed with me on this, but I still stick to this. If, if a kid shows up at college and is asked by a guidance counselor, so what do you want to do? What are you working toward? Oh, I don't know. I really don't know what I want to do. Then why are you here? How about we're not going to sell you any courses because you don't even know what you want to do. Instead, the college will just give them a bunch of courses. And the kid can even graduate with a degree and not much of anything. So what was the point of all of that? You should actually have college degrees that mean something. This is a lot like going to, uh, let's say, a, a vocational school. What do you want to do? want to be a plumber. I want to be an electrician, whatever the case is. And they give courses in specifically that and nothing else. That's what I think a college should be. And again, the idea that we're going to give to the University of Wyoming another $402 million in taxpayer money so they can continue running themselves, 
Again, sustainability is a big word these days. Hey, UW, how about being sustainable? Being self-sufficient so you don't need all of that money. And you can get closer to being that by doing things like closing down the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. That would save a bunch of money right there. 629. That's the time. Coming up on local news after local news update on the weather forecast. You and I get back into it again. Triple A ninety seven Woods, the phone number that's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. It's Wake Up Wyoming. He's not a politician, but his pants are on fire. Could someone grab an extinguisher? Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six thirty-six the time. So I was going to move on to another topic, but I'm not going to because of the comments I'm getting. In case you're just joining me, so the Wyoming Senate, it's a budget session, tried to pass a bill that would cut some of the University of Wyoming's funding, especially to things like classes for diversity and inclusion degrees and so on. And the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion would get cut as well. That'd save over a million dollars, almost $2 million, I believe. Now, my thought is, if those things, if the classes are not paying for themselves, shut them down. They're useless degrees. And diversity offices, diversity inclusions and so on, are useless offices. They usually cause problems. Right? And just like uh, the senator from Casper said, He's an alumni from Harvard University, and Harvard began to have problems when they started having classes like this and an Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. And they're supposed to, the office is supposed to take care of marginalized human beings. Jim and Casper says you are only marginalized if you allow yourself to be. Any law, resolution, etc., that gives an individual or group preference over another discriminates against other individuals, and he's absolutely right about that. But also, let's take a look at, I'll, I'll attack this from a different way. As I've told you before, I've been a boss a few times, and whenever I've had employees, here's how I handle drama. Whatever drama was going on, I just pull them aside and say, look, I don't pay you for drama. That's not why you're here. Get to your station, perform your task. That's what I pay you for. If I find you spending time and energy doing anything but your task, I'm going to get rid of you and get somebody who will do the job. That's it. So to students who are involved in all sorts of drama, no. You're here to get a degree. Show up on time to your classes. Study. Pass your classes. That's what you're here for. If you're involved in all sorts of other drama, either causing it, whatever the case is, we're just not going to allow you in the school because that's not what we're here for. This school focuses on an education. This is what we do. So put all of that garbage away and focus on the task. Doug and Cheyenne, go ahead and get a worthless degree. We'll always need good whopper floppers. Well, here's the pro- first off, I like whopper floppers. But here's the thing about that. Whopper floppers are going away. There's fewer and fewer and things are getting automated now. So... Now what's your degree supposed to be in? If you go get a useless degree, 
there's fewer and fewer places where you can get just an average menial minimum wage job and spend the rest of your life broke. Get yourself a little man bun going and spend the rest of your life broke, but feeling superior to everybody else because you didn't make a lot of money like a capitalist. There goes your success because you spent all of that money on just a completely useless degree. Okay, but for me, I still go back to when it comes to the University of Wyoming, if I'm reading this right, it's over $400 million we give them, and I believe it's every two years. Because this is a biannual budget, right? If, they, if I'm right about that, if that's how much they give, that, well, we shouldn't be giving them much of anything. Again, University of Wyoming should be self-sustaining. And one of the ways to do that is to promise people, we, we will give you degrees. This would be a great, actually, advertising campaign. University of Wyoming promises, we'll give you degrees in something that will actually get you a job, that will actually make you a living. The degree you get from the University of Wyoming, you will actually be able, get this, this is going to blow you away, people, you'll actually be able to use it to make enough money to pay back your college loan. Hmm? We're not going to get you a degree in something that you won't be able to use to get a job, and so now you're stuck with that college degree that won't take you anywhere. Our classes actually are in things that matter. When an employer looks at your degree from the University of Wyoming, they'll read what you got degrees in, what you studied, and understand, oh, as an employer, these are things that I actually need. And you might show up all proud at, well, <clears throat> I took classes in diversity and inclusion. Yeah, well, my company makes widgets, and that doesn't mean a damn thing to me. I don't need diversity and inclusion to make widgets. I need someone who knows how to make widgets or repair widgets when they're broken. So I don't know what, what good this is supposed to do us. So wake up, Wyoming. Hello, everybody. We are going to die in about 30.1 seconds, so brace for impact. Bye. Mwahahaha. You're listening to the radio. <laughs> Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on air, online, and on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Be part of the show at 888-97-Woods. This is K2 Radio. 6.48's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox with go, Frank Gambino. He's waiting by. So, uh, Frank, I just... Every morning, Miss Mary and I, while we're busy here, we also send each other funny pictures and so on, right? Well, then you can't be that busy. Well, no, it just keeps us entertained okay. as we talk to each other. So I sent her one. First off, there's this uh, cute little boy. Now, she gave me a thumbs down on this. I just wanted your opinion. Okay. Okay. And uh, he has his uh, pointer finger uh, well up his left nostril. <clears throat> he then pulls it out and inspects it, <laughs> and then he eats it. And then the, the final frame says, follow me for more recipes. <laughs> <laughs> to which I got a thumbs down from Miss Mary. Because it's disgusting. Uh, yes. Okay. Now, my thought would be then, then what do you do, Mary? Do you wipe it under your desk? Do you put it in a tissue and throw it in a garbage can? What do you do? I kind of flick it. You do? Okay. I can't. Because it, because it will, you know, you know, disintegrate at some juncture. Yeah, because it? as you try to flick it, it just gets stuck to the other finger. Yeah, yeah but, but, but it does disintegrate over time. Yeah. 
Okay, when it, it dries does. up enough, I guess. Well, yeah, I'm going to say it just disappears. Okay, because for me, every time I try to flick it, it's just on the next finger, yeah. and I never get rid of it. <laughs> well, then you're rubbing on the on, on the carpeting. Well, okay, now it depends. If it's your carpet at home, do you? No. No, okay, but if you're somewhere else. Absolutely. Absolutely, okay. You're at a fine restaurant, or any kind of restaurant, and you have to dispose of it there. Uh, on the bottom of your shoe. Bottom and then, of the and then shoe, rub yes. your shoe into the carpeting okay, at the restaurant. There you go. Now, see, Frank has experience in stuff like <laughs> <Yes>. this. <laughs> Don't ask me how or why. Yeah. Yes, but okay. I like the bottom of the shoe thing. That's perfectly fine there. And then there's got to be ways of concealing your actions as you're doing this. Well, it takes practice. It does, yeah. It takes a lot of practice. You know, it's like like you're scratching your ankle or something and then just kind of just. Yes, yeah, get, that's get it there. absolutely right. Yeah, okay. So, and now, if for everybody out there who's listening, thinking gross, my thought is, do not tell me that you don't go through this problem, too. If I go through this problem and Frank does, so does everybody else on the planet. Do you have a nose? Yeah. If you have a nose, you go through this problem. We're just lazy is what it is. Yeah, that's typically what it is, yeah, yeah. Or you didn't find that a tissue was available. No, 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 yeah, like, hey. Usually when I'm around people, I is tend it? to excuse myself. Because what I'm about to do is make everybody, like, really grossed out. But, again, it's one of those things. Everybody gets grossed out, but we all do it. Yeah, so. and, then, and then we'll continue on. And the state high school wrestling tournament begins this afternoon at the Ford Center in Casper. Boys and girls will wrestle on all three days. So today at noon, the first round will begin. Then the first round wrestlebacks will be at 5 p.m. There are three boys this year going for elusive four state titles. Thunder Basin's Antonio Avila, Brock Fletcher from Rock Springs, and Kale Knezovich from Green River. Boy, you can't beat the enthusiasm at state wrestling. So to, this starts today with the first round. Tomorrow will be the quarterfinal round beginning at 10.30 in the morning. And then the semifinals will be at 4 p.m. tomorrow. The championship matches will be at 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon at the Ford Center. In women's college basketball, the women Cowgirls let one get away last night in Laramie. They had an eight-point lead with less than four minutes to play against Mountain West Conference leader UNLV and then lost the game in overtime 63-60. UW was outscored 18-12 in the fourth quarter and 10-7 in overtime. Neither team shot the ball particularly well. Cowgirls just 36% from the floor, and they are 1-for-7 from the three-point line in overtime. They were led in scoring by Emily Melema and McKinley Dickerson with 14 each. UNLV shot 37% from the field, but the Rebels also made it to the free-throw line 18 times, making 13, while UW made it to the free-throw line uh, six times, making three. Cowgirls are 9 Five in Mountain West play, fourteen and eleven overall. UNLV is twenty-three and two, and thirteen and one in league play. Wyoming will be at home on Saturday afternoon to take on New Mexico. Junior college basketball from last night: the Casper College women ranked twentieth in the country, beat Northwest DePaul on the road, seventy-two sixty-four. So they're twenty-two and five on the year. Casper College men outlast DePaul ninety-three eighty-four, thanks to thirty-three points from Abdul Bashar. So they are nineteen and eight on the year and have won six in a row. Both Casper teams will be in Riverton on Saturday to take on Central Wyoming. Three 1A and 2A high school basketball regional tournaments begin today. The 1A East Regional is in Laramie. For the boys today, the KC boys will take on Guernsey at 9 this morning. The Midwest boys will take on Southeast at 5.30. And the KC girls will play Midwest Southeast at 8.30 tonight. The 2A East Regional is in Burns and in Pine Bluffs. For the boys, the Burns will take on Tongue River at 7 p.m. at their own gym. And Pine Bluffs will meet Bighorn at 7 o'clock at their own gym. On the girls' side, Burns will meet Bighorn at 5.30 at their own gym. And then Sundance 
Giants will take on Pine Bluffs, and Pine Bluffs will host that game at 530, and those regional tournaments will continue through Saturday. In the, the, the Peach Basket Classic between the Casper schools, that is tonight. As Kelly Walsh will host Natrona, the girls' game will start at 530. NC comes in at 5 and 14. KW 9 and 11. On the boys' game, that'll be starting at 7 o'clock. NC is 14 and 5, and Kelly Walsh is 7 and 13, and that's it in sports. Peach Basket Classic. Yes. Is, is it peach season? No, the peach basket is the original baskets. Oh, that, that was oh made. that's right, basketball. Yeah, yeah basketball. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I got it. Yeah. There. Okay. Nice. That's... It's a cool looking trophy. Yes. And and it means a lot to the players. Is it a trophy of a peach basket? Yes. It, wow. Okay. Yeah. What started it all? Yes. Yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on what well, we're talking basketball here. How basketball got started when someone took a peach basket at a YMCA and nailed it up there at uh, up a high on the wall there and. Finally, after a few baskets, figured out maybe if we put a hole in the bottom, <laughs> might be a little less work. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. Hi, too. Six of the time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Thursday. I swear I can see the weekend from here. Now, I do have a quick guest coming up at 720. Other than that, it's you and me. So, 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. Today's show is sponsored by Do-It-Yourself Pet Taxidermy Kit. You'll never have to say goodbye to Mr. Sprinkles again. No, and you get to choose the expression on Mr. Sprinkles' face. Okay, two quick stories to get out of the way for you. This one from Babylon B who I think has taken over and now is doing, has been for quite a while, better satire than Onion News. Nine items you conservative must stockpile to protect yourself just in case Biden wins a second term. <clears throat> I know I said that in a bunch of you. Well, okay, liberals do the same thing when you talk about Trump, to be fair about it, but all right. One, adult diapers, just so Biden can't have them. <laughs> Viva la resistance. Um, cows. After Biden bans them for farting and so on, ribeyes will be in short supply. So make sure you have some pet cows in your backyard no matter where you live. Some of you already do, I know, but many people out there don't have any such thing. Some people live in apartments. Fine, make sure it's a two-bedroom apartment. Keep the cow in the spare bedroom. All right. Uh, history books that actually teach real history and not the augmented reality history that we're currently learning in schools. Uh, one of those maps you can push the little plastic soldiers around on so you can go ahead and set your strategy up. Earplugs, you'll hear Camilla Harris cackling for another four years. Uh, babies, we're going to need to stockpile babies. So if you can get busy on that now just in case, and we'll just start stockpiling them. Ibuprofen, you'll have plenty of headaches from bashing your head into the wall every single day. And uh, an extra pair of Golden Trump sneakers. There. That's what they say you need. Now, the bad news. Maybe I should have given you the good news. I I should have probably done that story second, come to think of it. Uh, Food, let's talk inflation for a minute. Food costs are eating into your income 
at a level not seen in 30 years. Now, the president swears to you, swears to you that inflation is coming down. No, that's not what's happening. What's happening is we're still inflating at a pretty bad rate. It's just not as fast as it was a year or so ago, but it's still inflating at unacceptable levels. Story says eating costs more in Biden's America. This time last year, much of your income went into buying groceries at prices not seen in 30 years. Inflation will be, well, ebbing at some point, but food costs are not. Don't look for a relief anytime soon, says the story. Restaurants and food companies are dealing with rising food costs and the rising costs of some ingredients. Prices were up 5.1% last month compared to January of 2023. Grocery costs increased 1.2% during the same time frame. Sad fact is, once food items go up, they rarely ever come back down. Shoppers just have to adjust to the price increase. That's not to say they never come down, but they rarely do. Quote, if you look historically, after periods of inflation, there's really no period you can point to where food prices go back down, according to chief executive of the snack giant uh, Kelvinova, I think is how you pronounce it, in an interview. The prices in food just tend to be sticky. And I do look at that and I think, so when, when can I expect to go into the grocery store and find eggs going back down to where I was used? Gasoline does that, but this guy's saying food doesn't tend to do that. So to adjust to higher costs, says the story, people go out less frequently. They skip appetizers. Store brands are purchased instead of name brands as supermarkets. The use of apps to find deals. Remember we used to cut coupons? I remember watching women who used to show up at the grocery store with a coupon book. They would cut coupons and put them in an organized book. So when they went to the grocery store to shop, they can start then flipping pages of the book, which had little pockets in it, and pulling out coupons to hand to the cashier. And the cashier would go ahead and discount stuff. Now it's done with an app. So, okay, this is affecting sales at restaurants and other food markets. If people aren't able to go to restaurants, that means employees are experiencing hours and layoffs and so on. I can talk about this personally because there were times, and I didn't mind doing it. I had no problem doing it. I would get off work and I'm heading home to do or to do other things, and I'm getting hungry, and so I would just swing by someplace and grab some lunch. I'm not really a fast foodie kind of person. I tend to stop by those places that it's still served fast food style, but it's healthier food is where I go. I'm not the burger joint kind of guy. But I used to do that several times a week. No problem. Didn't affect me whatsoever because it was so inexpensive. I'm like, whatever. Not worried about it. Now? Oh, heck, if I just want to stop someplace and just get a sandwich and a drink. We're talking anywhere from 12 to 15 bucks just to stop once, just for me, just for one sandwich and something to drink. Which at this point, I'm looking at going, that's not even worth it anymore. Where I used to be able to stop in and do that for just a couple of dollars. Like, here's five bucks, thanks for lunch. I won't do that anymore. Sorry says, your wallet is feeling the pinch as it did in 1991. So if we go back to 1991, 
U.S. consumers spend about 11.4% of their disposable personal income on food, according to data from the U.S. Agriculture Department now, at the time. Households were still dealing with steep food price increases following an inflationary period during the 1970s. Thank you, Jimmy Carter. More than three decades later, food spending retained its level, according to data. So in other words, the prices didn't come down, but they didn't go up either. Wages caught up. In 2022, consumers spent 11.3 of their disposable income on food, according to the most recent data available. So we're right back where we started from again. In the meantime, here we have, remember uh, during the Super Bowl, President Biden, he had something to tell you that you never knew about before. Super Bowl Sunday. If you're anything like me, you like to be surrounded by a snack or two while watching the big game. You know, when buying snacks for the game, you might have noticed one thing. Sports drinks bottles are smaller. The bag of chips has fewer chips, but they're still charging it just as much. And as an ice cream lover, what makes me the most angry is that ice cream cartons have actually shrunk in size, but not in price. I've had enough of what they call shrinkflation. Okay, so um, I don't know if anyone's ever pointed this out to him, but uh, hey, Joe... That's been going on for a very long time, just so you know. But if you allow the free market to do its thing, that can remedy itself. Don't look for a... What, what is Biden going to do about shrinkflation? Make it worse, for one thing. That's for sure. There's no government cure for this. It's a free market cure. If someone ever approaches you and tries to rob you, tell them to stop. Ask them, is it necessary? Is it nice? Do you have my permission? Tell them that you do not want to be touched. If they point a gun at you, tell them that it's illegal. Help. Serious takes on local politics, or something like that. Tune in weekdays 6 to 10 a.m. to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Seven twenty is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me Thursday. Just keeping you track of the days here. I know it can get a little confusing sometimes. I know what it is to wake up and look around and go, say, what the heck that day is it over here? It's Thursday. Just so you know, keep you on track. Okay, well, I do know that some people had a day off Monday, not all of us. So for some people, they've lost track of the days. Most of us had to work, though. Okay. Let's go to Natrona County. Now, I really do like the Casper Natrona County Airport. It's a good one. So is the one in Cheyenne. Those are very good airports there. And I will take advantage because it exists whether I want it or not, it exists. The fact that you can go ahead and get an airplane ride right out of those places to whatever destination that you wanted to, to go to, right? Okay, so let's take a look at what it costs to do that though because a lot of these airlines want to fly out even gillette for you folks up there you want to fly out of there you can but there's a guarantee and the guarantee comes from the county in most cases where we will go ahead says the airline provides you air service but we're not going to do it at a loss now i understand that they don't want to do it at a loss so they make a deal to go ahead and have the loss made up if there is one so if an airline is flying out of your area, wherever you're listening from, 
and that airline falls short of making a profit because of not enough customers, the county guarantees to make that up. Now, every so often, the county has to step up and ask for that money again, which personally I think is a good thing. As you know, I'm a tightwad with our money. This is our money. Doesn't belong to any government or anything like that. It belongs in your pocket is where it belongs. So, okay, here's what's happening. Uh, Casper potentially paying about uh, $645,000 for six months to keep the Casper and Toronto County International Airport connection to Salt Lake City and its Delta Airlines hub to make it worth it. Yeah, $645,000 for six months to keep it going. That's why I have to ask you, so is that worth it to you? Your call. So, okay, uh, that's because the economic value of that, uh, and this is the argument being made, of that for Casper in central Wyoming is much more than that, according to Fly Casper, which is in the, has an alliance board and so on. Some of those people were in the studio, or in our, in our stu- station here in our studio yesterday to talk about this. So the money is the maximum the county could pay under the air and guarantee that incentivizes Sky West to keep that route going from Casper to Salt Lake City through January 1st, uh, see, January 1st through June 30th. So, okay. The agreement basically ensures the airline will sell the minimum number of seats for a daily flight. As I said, if the seats fall below that number, then this is where the money kicks in. uh, $645,000 is the local buy-in for the 60-40 arrangement with the state of Wyoming and with Natrona County uh, for that 60% guarantee. The first bill will arrive April 1st and will be based on the number of seats SkyWest fills. Now, I did, on the one hand, when I say I take advantage of this myself, is because it's there. People in my area keep voting for it. And so it's there, so I take advantage of it. When I go to every so often, as you know, I go I get you know, to go visit my family in Florida. And so when I get on an airplane to fly to Florida, I do it during off times. For example, Thanksgiving. Family would have loved to have had me around for Thanksgiving. But have you tried flying during the holidays or Christmas? I've tried. Won't do that again. Too many people, airport delays cancellations, things like that. I went the week after Thanksgiving. My family was okay with that. We all got to do things together just fine, even though people had to go to work. It worked out. My round trip, so I left out of Casper, went to Denver, and from Denver went to Tampa, where my sister picked me up and drove us to Lake Wales, Florida, which is more in the center of the state. And then round trip, so I came back a week later Round trip tickets, $377. And sometimes I've seen tickets going from Casper to Salt Lake City, really dirt cheap. But they're only cheap like that also because of what's being paid here. Over the course of a year, the story says, this I'm reading from Cowboy State Daily, the county potentially could pay about $1.3 million, $1.3 million during the course of a year to keep the SkyWest flight from Casper to Salt Lake City. Now, again, 
you folks in Cheyenne and Gillette, other places, Rock Springs and so on, you have similar deals. Either way, losing the flight, the, the argument is, could cost Casper and the county more. So for those people who are in favor of this, they're saying, well, yeah, we might be putting out $1.3 million, but we get back far more than that. So, okay, I would like to run the numbers with them to see if that's the case or not. I haven't seen the numbers. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but I'd like to see the numbers. Because me, as you know, being more of a free market kind of guy, I like to let the free market decide. So if the flight that goes to Salt Lake City were to go away, it's because there's simply not a market for it. But then you got to toss in the argument. This is where these folks have to make the argument every single year to ask for that money again. So is it worth it? Because so far, uh, Natrona County keeps voting in favor of this. So is this worth it to you? The story says, while the commissioners understand the need and impacts of the air guarantee, they said the program also continues to morph beyond its initial support. They agree that initially the minimum guarantee was to cover fuel costs. Then the airline outlined a need for risk mitigation issues, the pilot wage issue, and now just an ongoing need for money. Quote, it may seem that the goalposts are changing and maybe to a certain degree they are being moved for legitimate reasons. Uh, Quote, I understand from the county standpoint, there are other goals and responsibilities. So what do you do if you live in places, not just, I'm mentioning Casper here, but not just Casper, but you're living in places, again, like Gillette and Laramie, and you're out there in Rock Springs and places like this, and this is the only way you can get air service into your area is with some kind of a guarantee like this. Is this the way to go? Okay, for those people who are in favor of it, quote, while we support an airport, I'm feeling a little used, said one commissioner. I appreciate the state's contribution to that 40% level. I would like to see it swap for 60-40 instead of a 40-60. It's almost as if it's, a, well, as taken for granted that the county's just going to go ahead and, and do this. So, okay. With the city of Casper contributing about $200,000 of the payment. So it's being split up between in that area between the county, the city, and the state of Wyoming as well. But, okay, just think about that. Do you think it's worth it to your community to do this? Or are you more of a free market guy like me, now that you've seen some of the numbers here? But I would like to see what are the numbers that show we're getting more of an economic impact than the money we're putting out tax-wise. All right, coming up on some local business we have to take care of. Going to roll into news time after that. Then you and I get back into it. I do have a guest for a few minutes. And then after the guest, we have a legislative report with our man in Cheyenne, Doug. And Don Day will be on the line to talk weather. He's even looking into your weekend and next week. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. News and weather together at the top and bottom of every hour. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. 
7.36 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, a lot happening in this half hour. First off, Christina's here because we're going bowling. We're going bowling. We're going bowling Saturday, March 2nd in El Marco Lanes for the 26th annual Bowl for Jason's Friends event. And for those who don't know, that's up in Casper, Wyoming. Again, I always have to ask you, Jason's Friend is? We are a private foundation that assists Wyoming families who have a child with cancer, brain, or spinal cord tumors here in the state of Wyoming. Our state's too small to have any treatment centers, so if they are diagnosed, they have to leave the state to get that life-saving treatment for their child. Jason's Friend steps in and finds financially supports those families, making sure everything's taken care of at home, and then also getting them where they need to be and covering all those travel expenses. Okay. Are you all stocked up on bowlers? We have some room. So if you are interested in supporting the event, uh, please go to jasonsfriends.org. You can sign up a team of five, go out and get those fundraising dollars and come out for the day during your time and bowl for Jason's Friends. Okay. Corporate sponsors. Corporate sponsors, we have all of our corporate sponsors, radio stations included, mm -hmm. and we have Pepsi for free Pepsi and Pizza Hut for pizza that day when you come out and support the event. Okay. So for those people, there's no way they can be there, but they would still like to support it. Absolutely. You can still support through donation online. Uh, we also have our second annual event in Gillette. So if you're in the Gillette area, mm -hmm. we are putting on a mini Jason's Friends bowling event there, and you can reach out to us as well, and we could get you signed up to do the same thing we're doing here okay. on Saturday, March 2nd. Yeah. Uh, websites? Jasonsfriends.org. Now, that includes for those people who might need help from Jason's Friends. Absolutely. We are ready to go, and we are ready to help your family. So if you know, if you are a family with a diagnosis of cancer, brain or spinal cord tumors, or if you know anybody, please refer them to us. We are ready to help. Yeah, okay. So uh, volunteers needed? Anything like that? We've got our volunteers set. We are ready to go that on Saturday, March 2nd. Uh, about how many people do you help a year? We have 159 families currently in our program, mm. and all of those are at different stages, and we are helping every single one of them. Wow. See, that's, how did this get started? Um, 27 years ago, there was a little boy named Jason here in mm. Casper, and he had a spinal cord tumor that took him out to New York City, and his family went through a lot of financial strains. Um, unfortunately, Jason passed away, and after he passed away, family and friends of the Eads family wanted to do something to ensure that this was not something that happened to other people, the financial stress, the everything that goes along with a sick child, and Jason's Friends was started. Okay. Uh, website again is? Jasonsfriends.org. It's Wake Up Wyoming. When you than the morning paper or the 5 o'clock news. You need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Mornings on K2 Radio. 7.45 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. On the phone with me here is Don Day. So, Don, yesterday there was just a lot of scattered, broken, wet of various types. It was all over the state. It was. And we, we had rain, we had snow, we had fog, we even had some thunderstorms. Most of the action, uh, as expected, was in the south, but also some moisture got up and around the Casper, Lander, Riverton areas. We still have a little bit of that left. It's snowing right now around Cheyenne and Laramie. Uh, those areas will have some snow showers here this morning. Those will clear out, and then we're going to embark on a pattern from this afternoon through uh, early Monday where there just won't be much going on. Okay. that Not much going on makes for a good weekend, I understand. It is. It's going to be a little windy. Uh, you know, last weekend, if we talked about last weekend, you talked about how nice that last Saturday was. Then the winds picked up on Sunday. This weekend, we'll, we'll have some wind. 
by our standards, they'll be manageable. But if you are doing something outdoors this weekend, it looks dry. It looks pretty mild for February, but do expect some gusty winds. Okay, now speaking of wind direction, so according to your uh, podcast that you do every morning through Cowboy State Daily, that wind direction takes a turn, I, I guess, up toward Alaska over next week. The, yeah, that's right. I mean, right now we're, we've been in for about six or seven days. The air that we breathe is coming off the west coast so it's relatively mild i know it's west coast what can (laughs) we do about it right (laughs) san francisco air yeah but what's going to happen is is that as we get into late monday and tuesday the jet stream is going to really do a big change and the air will be coming right out of the gulf of alaska so just imagine you know the what's that show where they go out and they catch the crabs you know the, the weather out there right yeah yeah, that's the weather that's coming this way. And so as we get into late Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday next week, huge drop in temperature, 30, 40 degrees, going to have a good chance of snow, single-digit temperatures, even some sub-zero temperatures by Tuesday night in some parts of the state are on the table. So we're looking at a big shift, but we're talking about something that won't happen till late Monday or Tuesday. Until then, it's the Pacific. Okay. Now, when those temperatures drop, the snow chance come. And I've seen there's one day next week is like 15 degrees where I'm at. It's a current forecast, so that's ways off. But still, how long does that stay with us? Does it rebound or do we stay down there for a while? Well, we're we're going to get into a cycle where we're going to see this system come through. It's actually going to not stick around. So I think Tuesday and Wednesday will be the coldest days. Temperatures are going to rebound late next week. But another one of these will come out of the Gulf of Alaska and arrive late next weekend. So we're gonna see these systems about every two or three days come through, but the cold won't last as they come in. There'll be some rebounds, but that's, you know, next week is uh, March, you know, late next week. And that's what you expect. The the weather pendulum is gonna be swinging as we head into the next few weeks. As long as every one of those systems brings at least a little bit of moisture. That's right. And, you know, speaking of which, the upper North Platte uh, is up to 97% of average. Wow. And that doesn't include the snow that fell overnight. Yeah. So uh, we're getting there, at least in those southern drainages, the, the snowpack has really made a comeback. All right. Thank you, Don. Don Day with day weather. So, okay, you got to get used to that pendulum moving back and forth, as he says. But still, if it brings the moisture with it. That's just fine. Off we go. To the icebox, Frank Gambino's waiting by. All right, I thought this would amuse you, Frank. I picked up some of the worst movie titles of movies ever. The worst? Yes, okay. The first one from 1954 is named... That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. That's That's the name of the movie? Yeah, that's right. It's like a teenager going... That's the name of the movie. Yeah, okay, it was just horrible. Well, I mean, you could have come up with something better than that, but okay. Uh, Quackster Fortune has a cousin in the Bronx. Right. 1970 movie starring Gene Wilder. I bet you can guess why you never heard of it. Well, you should have been, but Gene Wilder was in it. Yeah, okay. Uh, you've heard of Frankenstein? Yeah. Blackenstein. I've seen, yeah, I've heard about that one. Uh, Zardoz. Oh, that was horrible. Uh, this was a Sean Connery movie. And it was one. I don't even know why he made it. It was just stupid. 1974 movie. Breaking to Electric Boogaloo. Breakdancing Break, movie. Oh, 
Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, Electric Boogaloo. It was a breakdancing movie. Yeah, yeah. okay. A movie uh, about breakdancing. Uh, yes. Well, it was big that time. I mean, breakdancing was a huge thing at the time. Yeah. So they had to make movies about it. Of course. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Chud. Like C-H-U-D? Yeah, C-H-U-D. It's an acronym. Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dweller. You know what? I, I never would have guessed that. And they made a Chud Part 2. So oh, I it must have been that. Oh, Double okay. Chuds. Okay, now this one, I do remember the title, but I wouldn't see it because of the title from 1991. Drop Dead Fred. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I apologize to everybody out there, but this is an attention getter. Fart the movie. Fart the movie. Yeah, it's a very crude. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, Operation Dumbo Drop. It was about uh, dropping a huge elephant. It was a military kind of... Oh, know. boy. Okay, I, again, if you didn't hear of it, obviously you know why. Um, oh, Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything. Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for yes. Everything. Uh, Wesley Snipes, Patrick Swayze. Oh, really? <laughs> again, never heard of it. All you had to do was look at the title, and you'd realize why you never heard of the movie. Who's going exactly. to Exactly. No, boy, oh, boy. State High School Wrestling Tournament begins this afternoon at the Ford Center in Casper. It's a huge, huge, huge event. The boys and girls will wrestle on all three days, so at noon today, the first round will begin, and the first round wrestlebacks will be at 5 p.m. There are three boys going for an elusive fourth state title, Thunder Basin's Antonio Avila, Brock Fletcher from Rock Springs, and Kale Knezovich from Green River. Boy, you just can't beat the enthusiasm at state wrestling. So tomorrow, the quarterfinals will begin at 10.30 in the morning, and the semifinals will be at 4 p.m., and the championship matches will be at 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon at the Ford Center. Women's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls let one slip away last night in Laramie. They had an eight-point lead with less than four minutes to go against Mountain West Conference leader UNLV in Laramie and lost the game in overtime 63-60. UW was outscored 18-12 to in the fourth quarter and 10-7 to in overtime. Neither team shot the ball particularly well. Cowgirls shooting 36% from the floor and one for seven from the three-point line in overtime. Cowgirls were led in scoring by Emily Mel- Melema and McKinley Dickerson with 14 each. UNLV shot just 37% from the field, but the Rebels made it to the free-throw line 18 times, making 13, while UW was just 3 of 6 from the line. Cowgirls are 9 and 5 in Mountain West play, 14 and 11 overall. UNLV is 23 and 2 overall, 13 and 1 in late play, and Wyoming will be at home on Saturday to take on New Mexico. In junior college basketball from last night, the Casper College women, who are rated 20th in the country, beat Northwest Apollo on the road 72-64, so they are 22 and 5 on the year. The Casper College men won their sixth in the row. They beat Powell 93-84 thanks to 33 points from Abdul Bashir. The Both Casper College teams will be in Riverton on Saturday to take on Central Wyoming. The 1A and 2A high school basketball regionals will begin today. The 1A East will be in Laramie. KC will take on Guernsey at 9 this morning. The Midwest boys will take on Southeast at 530. The KC girls will play Southeast at 830. The 2A East will be at Burns and Pine Bluffs in the, on the boys' side. Burns will host Tongue River at 7 p.m. Pine Bluffs will host Bighorn at 7 p.m. On the girls' side, Burns will host Bighorn at 5.30, and Pine Bluffs will host Sundance at 5.30. And tonight in the high school basketball in Casper, it's the annual Peach Basket Classic, as Kelly Walsh will host Natrona Battle of the Casper Schools. In the girls' game, that'll start at 5.30. Natrona's 5-14, and 14, and Kelly Walsh is 9-11. and 11, And the boys' game will start at 7, and she is 14-5, and, and Kelly Walsh comes in at 7-13. and 13. That's it in sports. Uh, Rianne, thank 
thinks that I, I mean, how dare I uh, rag on Drop Dead Fred? Because it's a stupid title, Rianne. Uh, the Englishman who went up a hill but came down a mountain? Oh. Did uh, I, no. I, I don't understand. Uh, 1996, Santa with muscles. There you go. <laughs> Doesn't he need muscles? Yeah. Now, this actually, actually, this one intrigues me. Eight heads in a duffel bag. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Um, um, no. No. Uh, teaching Mrs. Tingle. I don't even want to know well, what yeah. the hell that's about. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, Tingle one, or Tinkle? And of course, this one, you know the title of this one. Though. Dude, where's my car? Yeah. Yeah. Just wake up, Wyoming. Eight oh six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Thursday, and I swear I can see the weekend from here. Today's show is sponsored by Do It Yourself Pet taxidermy kit you'll never have to say goodbye to mr sprinkles again and you get to decide his pose what's on his face okay we've reached the most dangerous portion of the program which we add every day at about this time warning wake up wyoming is about to enter daily open phones this means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in. And let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, a phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Talking about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. Now, if all goes well at nine oh six, State Representative Steve Harshman is going to be on the phone. Yesterday, we spent four hours on one topic, which is very rare for this program, but all about that idea of swapping the property tax in Wyoming for most people with instead just adding a few cents to the sales tax. Now, there's a lot to be said for that on both sides of the issue. I thought it was a really interesting discussion. Well, the gentleman who introduced the bill is Representative Steve Harshman. And again, if all goes well, 906, you'll have about 10 minutes on the air. I've got a few questions. A lot of those questions came from you guys. Hang on for that. If you miss it live, this show becomes a podcast later. So you'll be able to go back and catch up on that. All right, now... The latest blow for electric vehicles. Now, already they're not selling all that well. There was initial sales at first. This was a lot like when companies came out with their fake meat. Yeah, it was artificial meat that had nothing to do with meat because it was advertised so much. And the news media hyped the hell out of it. People tried it. But then sales quickly fell off, and it, it's still out there, but it almost doesn't exist anymore. It's a massive market failure. The initial hype wore off. For electric vehicles, there was an initial bump in electric vehicle sales because it was being pushed on us, and some people had some interest in it, and so 
there was a bit of an uptick in sales, but that has fallen way off. And we know all of the problems. I've talked about all sorts of different problems. One of them was when some rent-a-card companies decided to give up their electric vehicles because it's just not working out for them. All right, here's the latest. Leasing companies are demanding payoffs from EV makers like Tesla as resale values plummet. Now, this is something I hadn't thought of before. I do know that there are um, leasing companies out there, and that could be just a -a rent-a-car place or longer-term leases. And when the lease is up or when someone's just renting for several years, let's say it's at a Hertz rent-a-car place, eventually they just sell those as used cars. And they make some money back where they can go buy some new cars out of that. But they make some money out of it, right? Well, what happens if the value of that just plummets? Here's the story. Car leasing companies are feeling the pinch as electric vehicle resale values tumble, prompting demands for compensation from automakers trying to meet strict emission targets. So Fortune reports, Fortune magazine, that the markets for used electric cars have taken a massive hit since Tesla slashed prices last year. Now, Tesla had to slash prices. They're pretty much operating at a loss right now. Tesla has big tax breaks if you buy one and huge subsidies, and not just federal subsidies, state subsidies. But still, it was an expensive vehicle despite all of that, so they had to really cut prices. That's affecting the market. That's forcing other manufacturers to do the same in order to remain competitive. This has impacted companies like Europe's largest multi-brand leasing firm. And there was two companies there, which are act as middlemen for the critical corporate car market that makes about 60% of European sales. Now for corporate cars, corporate cars are not like renting from Avis. These are companies who will make sure that they have cars on hand so employees can use them for business, essentially, right? That kind of a lease deal. So according to one company, they've already received compensation in checks for weeks from car makers to cover just cratering prices of lease EVs that were returned at the end of their contracts. Leasing agreements typically factor an estimated residual value. So in other words... End of the lease, the car comes back to the leasing company, they can at least sell it as a used car. But what if nobody's buying? Now companies are pushing manufacturers for protection, including buyback guarantees, to safeguard against further erosion of the 1.2 trillion used EV market. Quote, manufacturers today keep selling EVs we used to need them, you know, for some, we didn't need the protection for future pricing, but now we do. Now, again, there was an initial bump when there was a lot of advertising and news media hype about electric vehicles. That's gone away and then some. So the story says this mounting pressure comes as car makers are facing emission regulations and potential fines if they don't meet fleet targets for zero emission vehicles. I'll go back and say it again. There is no such thing as a zero emissions vehicle. 
Don't know why. Call the program. Ask me why. I'll tell you. Europe aims to phase out of sales of combustion cars by 2035. But unstable used EV prices threatens us. Now, this is where, once again, even European markets, well, we're not going to be selling new internal combustion engines by such and such a date. My answer to that is dream on. It's not going to happen that way. This is what governments, including our own government here in America, are pushing for. Dream on. It's not going to happen that way. Major corporate customers have already begun rethinking EV offerings amid uncertain values. Uh, SAP will stop providing employees with Teslas uh, due to concerns over fluctuating prices and complicating planning. Car rental firms, Hertz, for example, have also moved to offload Teslas and other such electric vehicles from their fleets. Okay, so this is a this is from Breitbart News. In a blow to President Joe Biden's green agenda, car rental company Hertz is selling off tens of thousands of electric vehicles if they can sell them due to lack of demand. So in other words, they have them on the lot as rentals, but nobody wants or very few people want to rent them. Hertz executives announced on Thursday that they will be selling about 20,000 electric vehicles from their fleet, which accounts for about 33% of the company's total number of EVs. In return, Hertz will use the money from the EV sales to buy gas-powered cars. So this is where, again, from state governments here in America to your Biden administration to European governments, well, you're not going to be able to buy new Internal combustion engines by 2035. Again, I'll say it. Dream on. Because it's just not working out that way. Almond milk? Who bought almond milk? That's not a thing, is it? I mean, you can't get milk from almonds. Almonds don't even have utter. Yep, there you have it. A new level of crazy. And you heard it here. Take Glenn anywhere with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Hey, 20 minutes of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. I hadn't even thought about this. Let me go back real quick before I get to this next story that I have in front of you here. I do know that people are texting me this morning off the Wake Up Wyoming app. But I would be curious. Let me go down to the headline. There's cell phone service problems around the country right now. Cell phone outage hits AT&T and other carriers nationwide. Now, when I say uh, let us know, you can because you don't need to necessarily call us. It says tens of thousands of AT&T customers have been reporting outages on their mobile phones. Uh, outages started around 3.30 a.m. Eastern Time. More than 54% of users saying they have issues using mobile phone services. And a third of customers reporting say they will be uh, have been affected and so on. Okay, you get the idea. So um, here's one person saying we should get a stimulus check from all of this. <laughs> so people are communicating in other ways. It, it is bad if you don't have your cell phone. I do understand that. However... There's so many other ways to communicate by phone. In fact, I talk to family and friends all the time by using social media, and we communicate through that. That's what we have that for. So not necessarily need the telephone. And that includes when we communicate, like making a phone call with video 
even. We video each other and talk to each other. So the idea of having to use your phone, well, now if you're trying to call this program, yeah, 888-97-WOODS, that might be. But there's still people texting me using the Wake Up Wyoming app, which is not like texting on your regular phone. Because the Wake Up Wyoming app doesn't use your phone app. It uses our app, which is something completely different. So communications don't have to be totally down these days. We just go around some other way. All right. Next story up, ladies and gentlemen, your favorite song. I like guns. I like the way they look. I like the shiny steel and the polished wood. I don't care if they're big or small. They're for sale. Hell, I want them all. I like guns. I like guns. I like guns. Texas woman, and of course it would have to be a Texas woman for this story, in her 60s takes down a 19-year-old home invader. See, doesn't that make you feel better already? Yeah, the 19-year-old who broke into a Texas home early Sunday morning was shot and killed after attacking the residents inside. The county sheriff's office says the intruder identified as, and it gives the person's name, may have been on some type of drugs. He began banging on the door, back door, around 1 a.m. The 73-year-old woke up to the sounds of pounding, went to the back patio to investigate. That's when this person broke through the door and began assaulting the older gentleman, beating him with blunt objects, whatever he could find in the kitchen. Deputy says the 65-year-old fiancé... Hold on, let's take a look at the age difference here. Okay, so this person busts in, 73-year-old man, dating a 65-year-old young thing. I mean, I'm just saying, dude, yeah. Anyway, oh, her name is Melody Lumpkin. Uh, Several times, pled with the man, stopped, but he didn't comply. She then retrieved a handgun from the bedroom and went and fired a warning shot. Good for her. Guy continued his assault, so she fired another shot, striking the man, you're going to love this, in the head. That's when her fiancé regained consciousness according to the sheriff's see marry that woman he's already engaged to her marry that woman okay that's the kind of woman that you want in your house right guys george krakowski and larry jones were best friends business partners making their way in the world but that all changed one fateful night in january 2015 it was just like any other night We were just minding our own business, trying to break into this house. We thought it was going to be just another quick job. But we had no idea what was waiting for us on the other side of that door. My husband passed away on Christmas Day. I was all alone with my baby boy. He was just three months old. I was worrying what our lives would be like now when I heard the scratching at the front door. Two men were trying to break in. She's yelling, please, I have a baby. And me and Larry are like, okay. It's just a mom and her baby. Cool. We've done this before. But then all of a sudden... I warned them, I have a gun. And we're like, whoa, 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 a gun? Me and Larry don't have a gun. Okay, that's not fair. George and Larry were now facing a threat most of us will never have to. An armed gunman. I could see in the security camera that one of them had a big knife. Yeah, a knife, not a gun. You don't eat dinner with a gun. If you did, you might end up blowing your head off. All I could think about was protecting my baby, so I checked to make sure that the rifle was loaded. I was so scared. 
She was scared. We heard her load the gun through the door. <laughs> Do you have any idea how scary that sound is? The paranoid gunman's threats continued. I begged them to leave, but they wouldn't. And we begged her to throw the gun away. If you throw the gun away, Larry will pull the knife away. Then it's a fair fight. Two on two. Mano a mano. Me and Larry versus you and your baby. But in a bizarre twist, the gunman called the police. Please, you have to help me. Two men are trying to break into my home. Come on, you're getting the cops involved now? That's disappointing. I figured we'd at least 15 minutes before the cops showed up. And that's plenty of time to negotiate with her. But with a 15-minute window and an armed assailant on the other side of the door, anything could happen. Ma'am, ask them politely to please not break through until the officers arrive. I have a gun. Is it okay to shoot them if they come through the door? We heard her say that, and Larry's like, she's talking about shooting us? The situation has gotten way out of hand. So he took a step back and kicked open the door. I didn't have a choice. I saw the knife and I shot him. It was either his life or the life of my son. Larry wasn't going to hurt them. We just wanted to take all their money and stuff. But you put a gun in someone's hand and they don't listen to reason. And what of the gun used by Michelle Wilson to mow down Larry Jones? It turns out it was left to her by her deceased husband. Her aim was way too good. I bet the gun was haunted by her dead husband. One night, one gun. Three lives forever changed by a senseless act of violence. Breaking into houses without Larry? It's so scary now. I'm worried I'm going to get shot. Incredibly, no charges were brought against Michelle Wilson, who continues to live a happy life as a widow. But for George Krakowski, could any good come from this tragedy? That event definitely turned me into an activist. Now, what about my freedoms? As long as law-abiding citizens have guns, it's that much harder for burglars like me to do my job. I mean, what kind of world do we live in where you have to worry about getting shot at work? Unfortunately, the gun laws in the United States are unlikely to change. So, what does that mean for bereaved citizens like George Krakowski? I'm thinking about getting a gun. So, Josh Hopkins University said citizens you're going to love this. Citizens need to be disarmed to protect democracy. Now, doesn't he have that background? Yeah, he has that background. So he says the growing presence of firearms in political spaces in the United States endangers public health, safety, and the functioning of democracy. Far from being an outliner, the January, and it goes talk January 6th insurrection and so on and so on. The, this report is both an examination, says the report, and warning of the threats that armed insurrectionists pose on to democracy in the United States. It also counters the false narrative that the Constitution creates rights to insurrection and uh, the unchecked public carry of firearms and rejects the notion that violence has any place in nation's politics and so on. Okay. Again, it's a story. Josh Hopkins University, whoever wrote that, got the whole idea completely backwards. But hey, I often call these people politically dyslexic. So, Coming up on 8.30, local news coming your way right after local news update on your weather forecast and you and I roll back into it again. If you're able to use your phone, 888 woods the phone number. That's 888 W-O-O-D-S. Wake up, Wyoming.
Tuesday. Got something to say? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. Six of time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, for those people who weren't with me at 6 o'clock when I started the program, I'm going to go through this again real quick. So we're in a budget session at Wyoming, at the state capitol. This has to do with the budget. It has to do with the University of Wyoming. And if I have the number right, if I'm reading this correctly, University of Wyoming is about to get another $407 million from the state of Wyoming, which makes me wonder why so much. Or any at all. And I know people keep arguing with me, but it's in the Constitution to take care. Well, maybe we should fix something. Because as far as I'm concerned, University of Wyoming ought to be self-sustaining. A lot of talk about sustainability. So be sustainable. Should be self-sustaining. Why do we have to give that much money to a university where students pay to go? And the university gets grant money for various projects for the federal government. And they also make money off of football games and things like that. Why do they need so much money? Now, one proposal that was offered up, which would take uh, a little over a million dollars, would be to get rid of a couple of different, first off, classes. One group of classes would have to do with gender studies courses. Now, as far as I'm concerned, if anybody at UW wants to take a gender study class, they can do it on their own money. We shouldn't be paying for that as taxpayers. If students want it, they can reach into their bank accounts and pull out that money that they borrowed and pay for the class themselves. Why are we paying for that? The next attempt, and this came from the Wyoming Senate, and it passed the Wyoming Senate, would get rid of not just funding for those classes, but also to defund the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, which is something I've talked about for quite a while. First off, universities around the country and companies survive for a very long time without offices of diversity, equity, and inclusion. These DEI offices didn't exist for a very long time. We did fine. So, and honestly, these offices oftentimes create the very problem that they were supposed to get rid of. So the bill to get rid of that office and those classes made it through the Senate but died in the House. Now, that doesn't mean it's done yet. The odds of it passing are greatly diminished. I mean, seriously diminished. But nothing's really done because, yeah, because uh, this is at some point... The House and the Senate have to bring bills together. There's all sorts of procedural things. It's not like it can't be brought up again. And if it did pass that, and then the governor would have to sign us, we'd have to worry about that. But again, because it didn't pass the House, greatly diminished odds of this getting through. But all right. According to Senator Bo Biden, he says, the world needs more cowboys. The world does not need more social justice warriors. Oh, that's true. And if you would like to be a social justice warrior, that's fine. You can go ahead and pay for that yourself. Senator Tara Nethercott, she's a Republican in Cheyenne, says this sets a dangerous precedent. Now, I didn't agree with her argument on this. And she's in favor of continuing to fund this stuff. But she says, 
when you don't like an idea or a concept and you, the government, the all-powerful centralized government, choose to stop that speech, to stop the sharing of those ideas, even those you disagree with so profoundly, that are contrary to your morals and your values, that is against freedom. First off, liberals need to hear that. But second, this has nothing to do with that. Again, my argument is if students want to take these courses, they can go ahead and take these courses, but they can pay for them themselves. Why are we paying for them? Now, going back to the Office of Diversity and Inclusion, so State Senator Charles Scott, he's a Republican from Casper, he pointed to his alma mater of Harvard University, which he said has gone in a negative direction because of their own Department of Equity and Inclusion, DEI, which is the case, it has. Harvard University survived for the longest time without anything like this. Now they have it. They have these classes and they have that office. And look at where Harvard is now. It's a mess. So according to uh, represent, I'm sorry, uh, Senator Scott, this kind of program was the principal agent of introducing that rot, introducing a faculty that is without diversity of opinion. That is a monolith of wokeness, he said. You're seeing this rot affect the University of Wyoming. So that's why Senator Scott would like to close that office. And again, you've heard me talk about for a very long time why I would like to, for, for what Senator Scott just said. I'd like to close that office for that very reason, that they have caused the very problems that they were set up to get rid of. But I'll go back and say it again. Look. If you want to take courses in diversity and inclusion and all that kind of stuff, as a student, if that's what you want to do, now I consider that to be a useless degree, okay? But, hey, you borrowed the money, go ahead. Um, I was about to say you're going to have to pay it back, but Biden's trying to make sure you don't have to pay it back. I think you should have to pay it back. But you're spending that money. So you go ahead and pay for the classes. Why are Wyoming taxpayers paying for these classes? Now, I want to go back to make sure that I'm reading this right, because it does say in here, I'm looking at a story, a very well-written story, as usual, from Cowboy State Daily on how much money, here we go, okay, we give to the University of Wyoming and if I'm reading this right, it's about, here we go, $402 million. In total, the proposed budget allocated $402 million to the University of Wyoming for this legislative session. The amendment came with a stipulation to pull $1.7 million from that funding. So it would be under $3 million. Okay. The amendment was proposed by, and it talks about who proposed it, the $1.7 million had previously been used to pay for the programs. Now, I, why are these programs $1.7 million? Why is it? I don't understand. Oh, hello, Rose. Hey, Rose, when you send me a note, you don't have to sign it, Rose and Casper, because uh, 
when you signed up to use the Wake Up Wyoming app, I can see who you are. So I, I got. But uh, Tara Nethercott is the is only in Republican by name. Yeah, and I've met her and spoken with her many times, and she seems to be uh, a very nice lady. But we don't agree on really anything. Okay, yeah, I, I should be able to get this. Cody and Carpenter. Hello, Cody. Hey, Glenn, good morning. Hello. Two things real quick on the university. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you fine. Yep. Uh, first of all, you know, this talk about how there's contributing to the rod or the wokeness is beginning or something at Laramie. Well, that's not true. I mean, it's unbelievable to me our conservative state has one of the most liberal universities. Yeah. And, and anybody that denies that, has not spent any time on campus. I mean, it's it just, it just unacceptable. And the more things that we can do to, to more align our university with the thinking of our state, you know, the better. So I applaud this amendment. Hopefully something will, will happen, this okay. bill, I mean. But the second thing, beyond all of the discussion about gender studies and wokeness and stuff, the, the, the fact is the, the university does almost nothing to support the state. Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing. In, in agriculture or in industry, the stuff, you know, when we need, we need help with the industry, we go to the University of Nebraska. We go to the University of South Dakota. We go to CSU. You know, I, I spent almost two weeks at, at Pennsylvania State University there a month ago working on, you know, on food science stuff. You know, it's it just ridiculous to me that the university soaks up all this money from the state. And what, as citizens of the state, do we get back from it? You know, and the answer is nothing. So, you know, until they get their mind wrapped around some kind of service attitude and providing something back to the state for all that money. I mean, I'm not supportive of giving the university any money. All right. Thank you, Cody. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Now, Glenn Woods fits in your pocket with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Eight forty nine is the time. Off we go to the ice box where Frank Gambino is waiting by. So, uh, Frank, I've talked to you about this before. Every so often, we mention I mention kids that are in science fairs that come up with unique projects, right? And some of them win, and some and of them some don't. Lose. This yeah. kid got a blue ribbon. Oh, good deal! His science fair project was why chicks dig me. Now the kid looks to be Wait, was about it chickens or no chicks, women. Oh, okay, and the kid looks to be about ten years old. And he doesn't look like the kind of kid that women would dig, but he's making the case that they do. He gets a blue ribbon for that. Okay. Uh, okay. And what was his uh, hypothesis? Oh, in this yeah, okay. Let me see if I can go ahead and zoom in on I this. I mean, uh, uh, you know, does he have money? No. You know, does his parents I'm, have money? Uh, image search over here. Let's see. It. Okay. It's, no, it's really not letting me zoom in to get a good oh. look at it. Yeah, okay. If I can do that, I'll go ahead and do it. Okay. <laughs> I did tell you about this young lady before. Very, very attractive, like a 13-year-old young lady. And she's got two broken arms. Ooh. Yeah. And it, it, jumping off buildings, how high is too high? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's uh, Okay. Okay. Uh, I like this kid here. Um, things I poked with sticks. And there's like a dead cat, there's a balloon, there's a sandwich, there's an old sneaker. Where where where, where do people have time to uh-huh. invent this stuff? Yeah, well, the thing is he has a science project. Oh, it's a science project. And what- yeah, it's it's a school science fair <laughs> and they can't think of anything. So uh, what what I poke with sticks. Yeah. Here is a particularly I'm sorry to say, I'll just be honest, particularly heavy young lady. 
Why can't I stop eating cake? That's <laughs> so. There's probably a scientific reason uh, for that, yeah. too. All right, the state high school wrestling tournament begins this afternoon at the Ford Center in Casper Schools. All around the state, boys and girls will be here, and the boys and girls will wrestle on all three days. So today at noon, it's the first round. And then the first round of wrestlebacks will be at 5 p.m. tonight. There are three boys looking for an elusive fourth state title. Thunder Basin's Antonio Avila, Brock Fletcher from Rock Springs, and Kale Knezovich from Green River. Boy, you just can't beat the enthusiasm at state wrestling. So it'll go on all day today and all day tomorrow on those quarterfinals tomorrow at 10.30 in the morning. The semifinals will be at 4 p.m. in the afternoon, and the championship matches at 2 p.m. on Saturday at the Ford Center. In women's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls just let one slip away last night in Laramie. They had an eight-point lead with less than four minutes to go against Mountain West Conference leader UNLV, and then lost the game in overtime 63-60. UW was outscored 18-12 in the fourth quarter and 10-7 in overtime. Neither team really shot the ball particularly well. Cowgirls shot just 36% from the floor went one for seven from the three-point line in overtime. The Cowgirls were led in scoring by Emily Melamo and McKinley Dickerson with 14 each. UNLV shot just 37% from the field, but the Rebels made it to the free-throw line 18 times on the road, making 13, while UW, the home team, was three of six for the line. Cowgirls are nine and five and Mountain was playing 14 and 11 overall, and UNLV improves to 23 and two overall, 13 and one in league play, and Wyoming will be at home on Saturday to take on New Mexico. Junior college basketball from last night, the Casper College women rated 20th in the country, beat Northwest DePaul on the road 72-64. So they are 22-5 on the year. The Casper College men won their sixth in a row and got to 19-8 on the year, outlasting Paul 93-88 thanks to 33 points from Abdul Bashir. The Casper teams will be in Riverton on Saturday to take on Central Wyoming. In for a basketball on the high school level, tonight is the Peach Basket Classic between the Casper schools as Kelly Walsh will host Natrona. The girls' game will start at 5-30. NC is 5-4 on the year, and Kelly Walsh is 9-11. and 11. And the boys' uh, game will start at 7 o'clock. The Trota comes in at 14-5, and 5 and Kelly Walsh 7-13. and 13. Now, the 1A and 2A regional tournaments for the high school basketball um, participants start today. The 1A East will be in Laramie, so the KC uh, boys will play Guernsey here at the top of the hour, and the Midwest boys will play Southeast at 5.30. The KC girls play Southeast at 8.30. The 2A East Regional will be Burns and Pine Bluffs for the boys. Burns will take on Tongue River at 7, Pine Bluffs and Bighorn at 7, and for the girls, Burns will play Bighorn at 5.30, and Sundance plays uh, Pine Bluffs at 5.30, and those regional tournaments will run through Saturday. Here's a kid who did a really good one here. He experimented with the explosion of Diet Coke and Mentos. You ever try that? Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty powerful, actually. Uh, yeah, okay. Let me see. Uh, I mean, what was his result that the pop thing came out? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. why it does it and then oh, cool experiments oh, oh, okay. with it. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. Um, no, I'm not going to read that one on the air. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, union step third grade. Okay. This is just from all over the country. This has got some of the weirdest stuff, but I have to admire these kids. Can you handle the truth? No. No. And he ex- and he explains why people can't handle hearing the truth. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that's a scientific thing, isn't I, it? I would think so. Yeah. Wake up, Wyoming.
Time is 9.06. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Thursday, and I swear I can see the weekend from here. So this is a four-hour radio program, as you know, five days a week. And I usually pack it with a lot of different topics so we're not stuck on the same thing, which I consider to be, after a while, just monotonous and boring. But yesterday, you wouldn't let it go. So I was talking to you about a different kind of tax proposal for the state of Wyoming that would, in many cases, for many of you, eliminate your property taxes but that doesn't mean that you don't have to pay taxes so uh, steve harshman's on the phone with me yesterday you are i guess steve you're the one who introduced this bill is that correct uh yes okay so you introduced the bill and by doing so you lit the fuse to blow up the phones on this program just so you know is that right? Yeah, okay. it, did. it was four hours of nonstop, which is fine. Okay. That's that's good. good. Yeah, and, and because this program's on multiple stations around the state, a lot of people got in on this, uh, but they had a lot of questions. So let's sure. go through real quick, in a nutshell, how does this work? Because people are worried about their property taxes. Sure. I And, you know, I, most of this uh, in Wyoming, property taxes are, you know, there, where there are capped at a certain number of mills, you know, the county can only have 12, school districts have a certain number, 43, and then cities, eight, and special districts, and so on. And so we cap that. We cap the assessment ratio. It's at 9.5%. So for every $1,000 of home value, you're actually assessed on, you know, uh, $950, 9.5% of that. And then, but what's happened in Wyoming is we've had all these people moving in and our values of our homes, because our constitution requires us to value everything at full value, either market value or replacement value. And, and so they've just skyrocketed with home prices. So our taxes have followed that. So we've got a couple ideas, uh, you know, to slow down that growth, cap that growth, et cetera. But really what I was trying to do is, you know, I knew it. I knew over time, I knew about 2% of the homes were over a million dollars in Wyoming. And then I had a man from, I've answered thousands of emails on this and, uh, it's been, it's consumed my life for months, you know, and, uh, and it's such an honor to serve in the Wyoming legislature. I'm a Natrona County native kid from Midwest. And it's just been a real honor. And I appreciate people in Natrona County giving me that opportunity to represent them. And, but, so then I talked to, so I'm answering all those emails, and then I talked to a man in Torrington, and he grew up in Lusk, and you know, and he's like, "It's a property rights thing," and I think that's the the big part of this because you never really own your home. And now, but let's go back to the territorial days and the statehood days. This was the only tax we had, and it's called ad valorem, and you know, land was wealth back then in the 1800s, and the more land, the more wealth. Maybe you could pay a little more on this whole social contract, you know, for for sheriffs and, and firefighters and roads and schools and all those things that, that we do at the local level. You know, and that's the thing about property taxes. It's all local. None of it comes to the state. And uh, so we don't want to. So there are a lot of proposals. Well, this man from Torrington says, you know, I'm not anti-tax. I get it. We got to have these things. And I don't mind. And I says, well, you know. Uh, we're never going to have an income tax in Wyoming. We, we, our permanent mineral trust fund, you know, is that third leg of the stool. It provides about a third of our revenue to run the state of Wyoming from just earnings off that trust fund uh, that we've saved a little bit from mineral extraction over the last 60 years. And, and uh, so we're not going to ever have an income tax. I said the only op option would be sales tax. 
And he goes, I would much rather pay sales tax. And, you know, I'm thinking, you know, it's going to, I was just doing little league math in my head on the phone. I said, gosh, it might be four or five cents. So and I said, but let me run the numbers and I'll get back to you. So I sent it to our fiscal. We have a, we don't have staff that work for us, but we have a nonpartisan, you know, experts in the legislative service office of attorneys and fiscal people that study this stuff. And they said, just under two pennies to grant. Because I knew then, you know, a million dollars would be 97, 98% of the homes. And how much to pay for that was sales tax? Just under two pennies. And I said, you're kidding me. And I said, well, let's draft that bill and let's go to work on it. And we start getting this idea out here. You know, everybody I talk to, you know, friends of mine, non-friends, people in my circle, people that are not in my circle, strangers, I say, would you rather, you know, would you want to eliminate your residential property tax and pay a little more in sales tax. And they say, absolutely. Would you and, need uh, you a might... constitutional amendment in order to do this? Yeah, Glenn, good question. I think the Constitution, you know, Article 15, got two sections in there. Everything must be valued at full value. And then the next uh, section, 12, says, but the legislature can create exemptions. And so you create this exemption, and there were a lot of bills in the legislature to create exemptions. Some of them never paid for it. They just said, hey, we're going to cut local governments by a quarter of a billion. Hey, find a way, suck it up. You know, firefighters, sheriffs, whatever, roads, weed and pest. And, and then you have other proposals out there to take it out of the LSRA and drain that down to zero over the few years. You know, and then we got no rainy day fund. So now we've got two problems when that runs out. And then... And then, uh, then there are guys just say, hey, we're going to just do it for one or two or three years, just appropriate out of the general fund. Well, you can't do that forever. I mean, you run out of money, and that's only a two-year fix. And so this, I think it's a very good question. Uh, and if somebody challenged that, you know, it, it would be heard. But the Constitution clearly says we can create exemptions, and you exempt okay. the value of the first million dollars of residential property for every home in Wyoming. You know, and so even uh, uh, in Jackson, Teton County, where the average home is four million now, you can believe that. Mm. I mean, when I was a kid, Jackson was a cowboy town. You know, and it's like four million is the average home. Those folks you get a twenty five percent tax cut because okay. the first million would be exempt. Kurt from Casper, Kurt and Casper wants to know what happens with commercial properties. Are they still paying yeah. property taxes on that? Yeah, absolutely. So nothing changes for anything else, and everybody still does their job. The accessor does their jobs, the treasurer, everybody still does their jobs like they normally do. But, yeah, this only affects residential property. Not You know, to do commercial and throw in all commercial and uh, probably agriculture, is about three and a half cents sales tax increase. Okay. And, you know, I, I and I'll explain that to my colleagues in the legislature as we hopefully get a debate this bill okay you know, well, I, let uh, me ask you this because i have a lot of questions but i know we have limited time because sure. you guys are in session here but okay yeah, so I'll let's say i own a ranch now do we as uh i don't have to pay let's say on my house but i have to pay on the ranch because that's commercial i mean how does that work well uh yeah so like let's say you're a you're a farmer rancher and you have three homes one for you and one for your maybe your ranch hand the guy that manages the place and another and that's real typical. All three of those homes would, if the, you know, would have fall under the million dollar exemption. But agriculture land in our constitution says it's valued on the ability to produce. 
and and uh, so whether it's you know irrigated, whether they're growing corn, or whether it's just bacon, all those things fall into that. And uh, but I, I, we have the lowest agriculture taxes anywhere in the country, and so to exempt all ag land would be just about a tenth of a penny more. Mm. Okay. I've brought that up to people, but they don't seem too interested in it. I brought it up to the ag lobbyists, and they kind of, nah, you know, so I don't know. But it's okay. their tax burden is extremely low on property tax. Just, and I'll let you go. I just had a comment that I wanted to make sure to make on this because I thought about it yesterday. I wrote a book called The Uncomplicated Life. I like to see things more simply and work problems more simply. I have talked with several uh, tax assessors in Wyoming over the past like 15 years or so about how they do their job, how they assess a home. And honestly, they can start to explain it, but they can never finish their explanation. They get confused on how the system works for assessing a home's value. So if the system is so bad that assessors get a little confused while trying to assess. On the other hand, if I buy a shirt and I just paid my county taxes, Steve, I get that. Everybody understands that. That's simple. I think that's probably a better way to go. I'm just looking for the unintended consequences just to make sure. Yeah, and I think fair enough. And I, I think uh, everybody would do their job just like they are. Every yeah. every part of county government would get their money reimbursed. So yeah. if, you know, the two two mills, weed and pests, would get the same amount as if we assessed this property tax. It would just come from a statewide sales tax account. Yeah. And the county treasurer, he would disperse it just like he does now. Okay. And uh, so... I agree with you. I mean, I, I don't think the system's broken, but I think it's complicated and it's hard for all of us to understand it. And then I'll just say this. This exemption grows at 2% a year. So, you know, my my parents' first house in Wyoming was $3,000. And, you know, there will be a time when everybody in Wyoming has a million-dollar home 50 years from now. And so this exemption will keep growing so you don't grow out of it and then all of a sudden – I'm stuck with a two penny tax and you know yeah so that kind of looking forward on that as well all right so, mr steve harshman thank you for coming in on this i appreciate you explaining you know and if people boy i appreciate people reaching out they can email me at the legislature just get on and google wyoming legislature and find my email my cell phone is 262-8075 people can you know i really appreciate the input this came from a constituent in torrington a lot of the ideas to keep improving are coming from people so i appreciate the input all right thanks for coming on this morning it's wake up wyoming he's not a politician but his pants are on fire could someone grab an extinguisher wake up wyoming with glenn woods Times 923, back to the phones we go. Now with me is Dave North. He is a county commissioner in Natrona County who wanted to talk about this property tax idea. Morning, Dave. Thanks for coming on. Good morning. How are you doing this I'm morning? I'm very Dan? good. So it sounds to me like you might be in favor of swapping out property taxes for a sales tax. Yes. I. You know, I, I'll, I will tell you that when I first saw this bill, um, I had some trepidation about it. I really did. And I I contacted Steve, and he adequately answered every question that I had in a positive manner. There was a few minor items in there that I requested that he look at and amend, and he was very open to it. He listened to it, and it really, you know, looking at this, this is something that's going to give immediate relief 
to almost everybody in the county and in the state. So I have a hard time fighting that concept. And the other part about this is that it's actually a use tax. If you choose not to buy stuff, then you don't pay it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a a win-win. Right. Now, we <laughs> still go up... Uh, I'm just uh, feeding off of here what some people said yesterday as we discussed this on the air, which, by the way, Dave, the program went on for the entire four hours with nothing but calls and comments off of the app on this one. So some people were concerned, but yeah, but I've already paid this much in a county sales tax and other sales taxes. You add a couple of cents onto that. What are the sales taxes in surrounding states compared to Wyoming? Will people end up paying more? Well, other than Montana, they're higher. Okay. You know, you go down to the front range of Colorado and you're looking at a lot of those places are 9 and 10%. Right. You look at South Dakota, they're 9%, um, you know, in some of those areas. You know, I don't know what Idaho's is, but I know, I know Utah's are high as well. So we're still paying less than we would um, – in the adjoining states as far as the sales tax, but we get rid of property tax. Right. That keeps people in their homes. That yeah. also puts at least, the average is about uh, $2,000, you know, from what our, our county property taxes are that people are going to put back in their pocket. So if you've got that, I'm a firm believer in trickle-down economics, as Reagan came, you know, talked about, and what it does to stimulate the overall economy. If people have $2,000 more in their pocket that they don't have to pay on property tax, then that makes it easier for them to get into a home. That also helps, you know, I've seen the thing about renters. Well, it does help renters because part of the reason why rent goes up is because the cost goes up every year, you know, for utilities or property tax or insurance or other things. This eliminates part of that, so hopefully this will help the renters not pay, you know, have to worry about a constant increase in their their rent every well, month. Also. I, I would wonder, though, if that is the difference between, let's say, uh, someone renting a house as opposed to somebody renting in a big apartment building, which could be way over a million dollars, and it's commercial property. Right. And that's something that, like every other bill, nothing's going to be perfect. Nothing's going to help everybody, but... Um, this one's going to help the majority of the people. And, you know, and that's, I'm, I'm just a firm believer that we need to help out people where we can. And that's something that's going to have to be addressed later on. But compared to the number of people that actually live in a house versus those that live in an apartment, um, you know, the numbers are a whole lot higher. Okay. So that, I mean, that that's the reason why. I support this because I do believe that this is something that will help the people. You know, you've got you've got that money back in your pocket. The majority of people have that money back in their pocket. It is going to make a difference as far as what your mortgage payment would be because you don't have nearly as high of an escrow. If you you know if you move into a three hundred thousand dollar house and your escrow, you know, for the property taxes is twenty seven hundred dollars a month. That reduces your price, you know, of your house payment by about two hundred and fifty bucks a month. Mm -hmm. That helps out people a lot. All right. So. Let, let me jump over. I'm going to let you go. Thanks for calling in and talk to Roy real quick, who wants to get in on this action. 
Now, Roy, I don't have a lot of time, but I might hold you over if this is good enough. You want to rebut some of this. What you got? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, uh, Mr. Harshman called in, and, and I sure do thank you for, for having him on. Let's get everything out there. But conservatives in the legislature a couple of years ago wanted to try to, to do something about property taxes. And, and people like Mr. Harshman just set it aside. They put it in the drawer. They, they did not want to hear this. And now that we, the public has uh, some uproar about it and we're, it's costing us more out of our wallets, Mr. Harshman is suddenly uh, interested in it. I will work to primary Mr. Harshman up there in Natrona County. But anyway, uh, I am a big fan of, of consumption tax like you, mm-hmm. I think, are, Glenn. Yeah. Um, but, but the biggest thing that needs to happen, and I haven't heard a politician say this much, is cut spending. Okay. And, and and this day of age of, of inflation, I know that it's tough, but let's 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 try the other side of the scale and cut try to cut spending. All right. Thank you. That was perfect, Roy. Thank you. Good on time there. Coming up on some local business that we have to talk about. That's news time. And right after that, update on your weather forecast. Then if you want to get in on this. Hello, Ben. Ben is in Vernon, Shy Guy in Cheyenne. And Rebecca has some comments. I'll read those comments as well. 888 woods the phone number 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Wake up, Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on air, online, and on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is K2 Radio. Nine thirty-six. The time it's wake up, Wyoming. Okay, so you heard from Representative Steve Harshman on his idea for replacing a property tax in Wyoming with a sales tax, which of course gets a lot of reaction. So, it's a wild kid in Casper. Hi, Glenn. On the issue of tax relief, I was wondering about the people that have a second home here in Wyoming and only use it a couple of times a year. Do they get a break? Interesting. That's something, you see, he's crafting the bill still now. So that's something worth bringing up, which is why I didn't think about it until Mr. Harshman and I were in the conversation. What if you own, let's say, a farm or a ranch and your house is right there on it. Well, that is your property, a personal property, but that's also your business. So how are we figuring that out? And it doesn't have to be a farm or a ranch. There's a lot of people in Wyoming who their personal property is also their business property. So is that commercial or home? And he seems to have a way to figure that out. But again, he's still ironing out the details. Let's see. Uh, Ben in Vernon, what about if I am building a new house under the sales tax bill, I would be paying that tax on building supplies? Uh, Yeah, I think you would, yeah. However, you still tend to pay a lot less, even with this bill, you'd still be paying a lot less than you would in other states, which I think is probably a good thing. But the, the point of all of this, though, is to get rid of the property tax in Wyoming. Uh, shy guy in Cheyenne, trickle-down economics is a dang liberal buzz term. No, trickle-down economics is a conservative phrase, but liberals don't understand it. So they tend to try to make it sound like it's a horrible thing, or it's a fantasy, or it's fake. But trickle-down economics is how it actually works. 
Let's see. I'd also like to mention I do not trust Mr. Harshman. Okay, that's fine. Um, and I do agree with everybody who sent me notes here. And, and even the caller we had just a moment ago, for all the people who don't mind the idea of, okay, you don't have a property tax anymore. Instead, we'll have a couple of extra cents on whatever you purchase. And that does not include things like food, okay, stuff like that. But... Um, so again, we have a lot of details to iron out. But in the meantime, this needs to come with still more cuts to Wyoming governments. And I say governments because we have city, county, and state governments. And a lot of what they do, I often look at and scratch my head and go, why the hell are we spent? Why? You shouldn't be spending money on that. That's not the proper role of government. Which is why I've said before, it, as we're going through a budget session, give me that budget, give me a marker. And let me go through and start just crossing things off. Those people in the Wyoming House and Senate, and a lot of people across Wyoming, will not be happy with me. But I'd like to get rid of a lot of things, not just at the state level, but at your county level and the city level. And just turn to these folks and say, this is not what the role of government is. You're not, you should not be spending money on this. Quit spending money on this. I, that has to happen. Now, we have cut a lot over the past few years, but we still need to cut a whole lot more. But now, just focusing on the property tax issue, this is one of the best ideas I've heard in a while, but I'm hanging on. Wait a minute. Devil's in the details, right? So I'm still looking at it. Bill is in Laramie. Hello, Bill. Wait a second, Bill. Wait, hang on a second, Bill. Sometimes this button is hard to push. I think I got you now. Go for it. Um, hey, Glenn, there, uh, one thing this doesn't do is it still keeps the um, fair market value set based on sales in the area. Mm-hmm. So it's going to keep driving the fair market value up as sales come in, and, it, and that is not going to stop. Right. And that's what's caused this problem to begin with. Right. Do you think, though, that the government should... I'm just tossing this out as something for you to think about and react to. When it comes to what something sells for in your market area, should government control the prices or should the market control the prices? Um, Well, the market. The market's going to control the prices. Right. Um, But, you know, there was also a... Years ago, Wyoming... uh, had a lawsuit against it for unfair taxation. Right. And uh, there is an issue here of, of this. I, I'm all for a sales tax like that for, for doing mm-hmm. what they're doing. Okay. But they have to correct the problem uh, with unfairly taxing certain classes of property. Okay. And and so there there is a part of the Constitution that says all of our properties have to be taxed fairly and equitable across those um, three um, classes of property that are in the Constitution. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure what they're doing is going to pass that muster. Uh, but I'm all for any, you know, any way to stop the property tax from being pushed up like it is because yeah. your neighbor sells a home and then the assessor looks at that fair market value and starts digesting things that's what has to be corrected to solve this problem or you're going to still have this problem as property fair market value keeps being pushed up okay thank you bill i appreciate it now uh, also 
Chris, who is up in Casper, says, is a $1 million exclusion just a trigger for rich Californians to escalate the problem? Hmm. By, say, offering $2 million, then the property tax kickback comes in and there's a higher... There's also, let's see, there's a lot to consider. Shorty says, can you imagine the economic increase we would have if we got rid of personal property taxes? Actually, I said that yesterday. I do think that... There are people who come to Wyoming, let's say, to retire, for example, because, hey, we don't have a state income tax, and so retirement can be a lot easier here. Now, what was driving some of that away was property taxes were suddenly skyrocketing. But what if instead we didn't have a property tax? Now, again, someone who wants to retire would look at Wyoming and go, hmm, okay, if I move to Wyoming to retire, I don't have a income tax, a state income tax. I also don't have a property tax. Huh. And that sales tax, one of the reasons it's a bit easier on all of us is because about anywhere from 10 to 15% of sales taxes in Wyoming are paid by the tourists that come to Wyoming. So they take up a good chunk of that. In the meantime, though, I still go back to, I'm, I'm just looking at the pros and cons of this. I did see something, but I have to read into it a little bit more in order to understand what they were talking about. Some bigger industries, like the Wyoming coal industry, didn't like this idea. And I was trying to read why and not quite getting it. Well, I'll look into why would they have a problem with this, some big industries like that. I don't know. Again, devil is in the details. On face value, I look at it and think... Yeah, I kind of like this idea. I kind of like the idea of I end up paying for county services through sales tax rather than a property tax, especially, and, and Mr. Harshman talked about this. And this is the, man, the gentleman in Torrington that he was talking to mentioned this to him. It's a property rights issue. But again, you're paying your mortgage, right? Then you pay off your home. You own your home. Cool. It's yours. Or is it? because you're paying property taxes. And if for some reason something bad happens and you can't afford to pay your property taxes anymore, you lose your home to the government. This would eliminate that. You would never lose your home to the government. Once you pay off your mortgage, you're done. The place is yours. And nobody can come along and take that because you owe some kind of money. Not on taxes anyway. Nobody can come take your home for something like that, which is another thing I see as a plus. But again, devil's in the details. So what I, and you know I like to do this, I'm waiting, I'm watching, I'm looking for all the details. We'll see. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming, Glenn Woods is live on AM 1030 K2 Radio and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. 9.50 is the time, off I go to the icebox to talk to Frank Gambino. Usually I'm here earlier, Frank, but we had a lot of phone calls going on. So what? Who, I'm going to give you. Uh, yeah, there's people out there. I am going to give real quick give you just some kind of modern day driving anxiety test here. Okay. Okay. Yellow you're, lights. You're, uh, yeah, that one. would be it. You're driving and you're using GPS. That's right? a big okay. no-no. And it says, turn in 600 feet. Do you have any idea what 600 feet looks like? 
It's probably maybe a little bit more than a city block. Yeah, something like maybe, that. Maybe like, and maybe? don't you get a little bit of range anxiety in that? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. All right, we'll talk about high school wrestling. It's high school wrestling to the max today at the Ford Center in Casper with the state high school tournament. The boys and girls will wrestle on all three days. So today at noon, first round will begin, and those first round wrestlebacks will be at 5 p.m. tonight. There are three boys going for an elusive four state titles. Thunder Basin's Antonio Avila, Brock Fletcher from Rock Springs, and Kale Knezovich from Green River. Boy, you just can't beat the enthusiasm at state wrestling, so it'll go on all day today and all day tomorrow and all day Saturday. So tomorrow, the quarterfinal round will begin at 10.30 in the morning. The semifinals will be at 4, and those championship matches will be at 2 o'clock on Saturday from the Ford Center. Women's College Hoops, the women Cowgirls let one slip away last night in Laramie. They had an 8-point lead with 4 minutes to play against Mountain West Conference leader UNLV and lost the game in overtime 63-60. UW was outscored 18-12 in the fourth quarter and 10-7 in overtime. Time. Neither team really shot the ball well. Cowgirls were just 36% from the floor and one of seven from the three-point line in overtime. Cowgirls were led in scoring by Emily Melema and McKinley Dickerson with 14 each. UNLV just shot 37% from the field, but the Rebels made it to the free-throw line 18 times, making 13, while UW is 3 of 6 from the line. So, the Cowgirls were 9-5 and five in Mountain West play, 14-11 overall, and UNLV 23-2 and two overall, 13-1 in league play, and Wyoming will be at home on Saturday to take on New Mexico. Juco basketball from last night. The Casper College women were rated 20th in the country, beat Northwest DePaul on the road yesterday, 72-64. They are 22-5 on the year. The Casper College men won their sixth in the row, outlasting Powell 93-84 to get to 19-8, thanks to 33 points from Abdul Bashir. Both Casper teams will be in Riverton on Saturday to take on Central Wyoming. 4A by high school basketball later on tonight. It's the Peach Basket Classic in Casper, as Kelly Walsh will host Natrona. They got on the girls' side, and Natrona comes into the game with a record of 5 and 14 and Kelly Walsh 9 and 11 that's a 5.30 start then at 7 o'clock the NC boys at 14 and 5 will take on Kelly at, uh, and then the Trojans come in at 7 and 13 and those 1A and 2A regional tournaments will begin today the 1A East will be in Laramie the KC boys are playing Guernsey right now the South, the Midwest boys will play Southeast at 5.30 the, South, the KC girls will play Southeast at 8.30 tonight the 2A East regional in Burns and Pine Bluffs uh, the Burns boys will play Tug River on their, on their home gym at 7 p.m. The Pine Bluffs boys will take on Bighorn on that their own gym at 7 p.m. Burns and Bighorn on the girls' side at 5.30. Pine Bluffs and Sundance also at 5.30 at their respective gyms, and those regionals will run through Saturday. Okay, which means you got to start deciding what you want to do. Oh, I'm here weekend. for three weeks. Oh, you are. You're just stuck. State okay. wrestling today, tomorrow, oh, okay. and Saturday. Well, isn't that convenient of them? It's a home hey, game. We're all going to go meet where Frank is, so Frank yeah. doesn't have to travel. No, no, it's right up the block here. Frank's getting kind of old. What if yeah, we just yeah, have yeah. all of our meets where Frank is, so Frank doesn't have to isn't, come Isn't us. that cool? Yeah, isn't that great? I'm glad they're thinking about you, Frank. Yeah, okay, thank right. you. Let's wake up, Wyoming.